You are listening to Drop Tent Media Network. Uh, my undocumented ass podcast. With Che Guerrero. The winds really change talk. in one direction. They got to harass someone else. I get it. I get exactly. it. Like, people don't realize how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Hey, welcome to another episode of My Undocumented Ass Podcast. This episode you're about to hear was was a lot of fun. I got to learn a lot. I talked to Dana from Kazakhstan. Uh, they talk about the history of the country, uh, the Soviet Union, the deportations that you never get to hear about during that time, and just uh, also about how white people have lost their mind after one right when immigrants have been losing rights. This country's entire history. We had such an uh, all-over-the-place conversation, but it was really, really informative. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it, too. Check it out. Hey, welcome to another. I don't usually start like that. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> good, good. Thank you so much for taking time doing this with me today. Um, I I want to give you a, like a like the typical intro, but I'm like, wait a minute, I don't even know how to say their name or you know what I mean. So, <laughs> how do you please give us your own intro? Sorry for being so unprofessional. All good. No, my name. You can just call me Dana. It's spelled Donna. as Dana. Long story. My last name is really long, so I don't really, I'm like, don't even, don't worry about it. Just Donna. It's Donna. like 20, 20 points on Scrabble, so. Oh, okay. Because actually, as I was coming to the podcast, I was saying, oh, Dana. And I was like, wait a minute. It could also be said Donna. And then I was like, yep. See, I, I knew I should have asked them. You knew it, yeah. Usually people that speak Spanish pronounce it, pronounce it correctly, but yeah. everyone else knows. Yeah. Oh, well, th thank you for joining. Yeah. I saw you uh, as always. Like I always find my my guests through becoming like friends on on TikTok, and you posted one recently that made me realize like, oh man, you really don't know people on this thing. And you know when they share something amazing, you're like, oh, I I had no idea. So uh, it was it was this TikTok you had done about going to Kazakhstan. Yeah. Right and visiting great. home and stuff, but then that's mm -hmm. something like, can we can we start a little bit about your past, like that, where you're from, and that was uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, I, I think, you know, a lot of my, you know, TikTok content is based on being an immigrant and being from yeah. Kazakhstan. And I think it's, a, you know, it's a part of the world that a lot of people don't know about here. Um, so I came to the U.S. in 2006. Okay. Um, I was 16, 15 years old at the time, turning 16. Um, and um, I came as a student and then I, you know, continued to study here. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to go back. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Kazakhstan is in Central Asia, which was part of the Soviet Union at the time. So when I was born, it was still part of the Soviet Union. I still have the you know Soviet birth certificate. Uh -huh. um, and then <clears throat> Soviet Union collapsed, and now it's an independent country uh, bordering Russia. Its entire northern border is right. bordering Russia. Um, and you know the country is going through some interesting interesting changes, especially this past year. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I definitely wanted to bring that representation to TikTok because I was always trying to look for someone from Central Asia. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to just going to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that becomes a thing about TikTok where you're like, uh, I, like for me, I started to realize how important it is to talk about being a Dominican-American, you know, yeah. and I never thought of it like that, you know, um, that from being inside the United States and, you know, you know, as our experience talking outward, it's a very different thing. And, you know, we, yeah. unfortunately, there's no other, no other person doing it. So we're like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta start talking. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. And you, so, you know, when people, well, obviously when people see me, cause my first language is Russian, 
right? Okay. So people see people see me, they get really confused. They're like, you look you look Asian, but you speak Russian, but you're like, I'm also tall, I'm like five ten. They're like, you're you tall, and then you're from Kazakhstan, it ends with a stan, or you Muslim, and then it's like a lot of cognitive dissonance. So I try, I try to definitely um, you know, bring some, you know, bring some awareness. And I I did see your TikTok and I was super interested in, in this in your content specifically because I was like, damn, this guy is very unapologetic, you know. Uh, and I was thank like, he, he, he talks, he talk, you talk about things that a lot of people are scared to talk about, you know. And then yeah. as, as an immigrant, obviously, I've met a lot of people that are in your status, and they are just there's the anxiety is, is very high. Yeah. And, and you, you you talk about it, and I'm sure, and I'm sure you make a lot of people feel, you know, like they have a place here. The, the the shocking thing that I I've uh that I thought about that, that I found with TikTok is how m I'm so excited that it inspires other people to to want to yell at white people. Uh, I'll be honest <laughs> with you, I get so happy where like there'll be like a, a TikToker who like start following me and they'll have like two or three hundred followers and stuff like you know what I hate about white people then they have like twenty thousand like yes keep going baby yeah. like I get very I I'm actually the kind of person like I, I get super excited when somebody's like yo I saw you and I started because of you and I'm like hell yeah. Like that's yeah. awesome, and uh, my like I started. I always tell people this who who are listeners. Like you know, I uh, I started stand up comedy because I was undocumented, you know, and I couldn't go to college or anything like that. And my outspokenness against white supremacy in the stand up comedy world was such a backlash against me. You know, it was it was it was it was yeah. personally brutal in a way that like only I can talk about it, and everybody else like okay, you know, when you get blacklisted from these white spaces they do it in such a secretive way that it's just like, only you know what's happening to you and it almost yeah. feels like you can't. So so that was what, what, like when I came onto TikTok and I was like, man, I just, I'm angry and I like talking like this, but it always gets me in trouble. So when I saw that people on TikTok was like, dude, I love the way you do it. I'm like, oh no, it's been white people who've been like making me feel like I can't talk like this. Right. And then you also, know. you know, you kind of, you, 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 you know, you build your own platform on TikTok, right? Because I'm pretty sure like as a stand-up comedian, you know, there's there's certain type of audiences that come, there's certain type of audience that they try to curate for you. You're not curating it, right? Yes. With TikTok, yeah. you can curate it yourself. You know, if you someone doesn't like your video, well, that's not the video for you then, right? Yeah. It's a video for someone else. Yeah. And that's what's great about it. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm an immigrant as well. You're an immigrant, but obviously our experiences are completely different. And that's that's also what I like about you know, us speaking out because the immigrant experience is very broad, mm -hmm. but we get uh, stereotyped a lot into one certain, one certain like stereotype. Yeah, but, but it's very broad. People come here for very, very different reasons. Very yeah. different. Reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So and I believe as a child, right? What was that? You you came here as a child, right? Yeah, I came here when I was six. You know. Uh, uh, cause my, you know, my dad, uh, my mom, we're from the Dominican Republic and my dad was abusing my mom. And that's, you know, like most other countries like that, you know, women have, um, you know, no rights, no say. So she felt like there was nothing for her to do except leave with us in the middle yeah. of the night. So, you know, and that's, that took me a long time to even be like, you know, like, well, my mom brought me here, you know, I didn't choose it. I'm like, no, that's really mean to say like that. You know, I've had to come out of this like white supremacy, even idea of immigration where, you know, I thought my whole life, I'm a good immigrant. You know, that's actually why I left my nonprofit job. Because I was tired of the amount of times that they were like, sorry, we can only help out certain people. And I'm like, yo, stop being like you can't help out like criminals, you know, because they're not criminals, yeah. man. They're just people who were, who were in bad situations at one point. Like, that's what I'm tired of the immigration system doing the good and the bad immigrant, you know? 
That's yeah. where people will see us and they'll they'll be like, oh, look, look at them. They're, they're, they're good immigrants on TikTok. You know, they're, they go to college and look how well-spoken they are. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't use me as an example. Yeah. Like, like I yeah. got shit coming up, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to, I can't even say or brag or whatever, right? But I got things coming up that might, you know, really put me in the forefront of things. And my biggest fear is that I'm going to be made a, as an example of a good undocumented person that did these things even in spite of, you know what I mean? I don't want to, yeah. I, I hate that. It's, it's, you know what? Sometimes I feel like it's almost inevitable. It's like, it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost inevitable. Someone will always say something like that. And even cause I got my, I got my citizenship last year. And then hey, I congrats, pulled, seriously, congrats. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so that's much. That's a good step. That's a big step. It's a huge step. And yeah. then um, obviously I posted about it online and there's a lot of comments that say, oh, thank you for doing it the right way, which I'm like, it, you clearly do not understand how immigration works in this country because there is no other way. Yeah. There's no illegal way to do it, yeah. really. You know, there's and it's it's interesting that they call it, you know, a path to citizenship. I'm like, I always call this more like a labyrinth. Ah, oh, hey, I, yeah, I, I use that. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the labyrinth to citizenship. Labyrinth to citizenship. It's I like that. We don't like, and then, and then, you know, you get a lot of other comments like, "Why would you choose this horrible country?" And like, you could have gone there. I'm like, no, well, we don't have this. You know, we don't. We're not privileged enough to like go skedaddle around the world. Yeah, and yeah. choose where we go. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't have the privilege to like, you know, no, let me try all these like ten other countries, and then I get to pick where I, where I can stay. Yeah. That's not the case. That's not the case for a lot of people. Yeah. And immigration is very misunderstood in the U.S. Extremely misunderstood how mm -hmm. people come here. They they just think that, you know, uh, little Che was sitting in his country, and he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna walk to the U.S. and just break all the laws. Baja. I just one day I stood up and I was like, Baja. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, when you came in uh, in 2006, you say you came for school for college. Yes. yes. Well, what college did you go to? I came. So actually, I was escaping a political scandal that my family was in. So I really didn't. It wasn't a plan. I, I not I nothing bad that I personally. Okay. Are you able to talk about it? I don't want to like. I don't want to. Not, not really. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Vaguely go around it. Okay. Go around. Like, so Kazakhstan was going through a, a little bit of a turmoil at the time, uh, because of its government. Um, so my family was involved in it directly and it was just safer for me to leave just because oh, us is so far. Yeah. Um, and me being 15 at the time, the best way for me to do that was to go to school, high school. Okay. So I finished two, two grades here and then, you know, I, I stayed and went to college and then, you know, I realized, well, like, I don't, I can't really go back. I don't want to go back. So I'm just yeah. going to stay. Yeah. Has thing uh like mold over with with your family or is it still pretty rough for you to go back home? It's not rough for me personally. Uh, and yeah, it's I think it's I think it's over. Okay. Yeah, just it's got it, like I've been here for so long that I'm like I don't I don't want to go and I I'm gonna I have a I don't really want to live within that government. So yeah. You know. Yeah. And What's then with, with the war, it's not a. Great right, because they're uh, Ukraine is yeah. not too far from there, right? Yeah, and then we're bordering Russia. Like yeah. the entire, the entire northern part of Kazakhstan is bordering Russia. So we have we have a lot of uh, Russian citizens come to Kazakhstan now, and they live there. Is that a problem? Are they? Is it more like get out of my country? Kind of. No, I'm I'm being serious. Like, is it is it like a, so many people are trying to flee Russia because of the Putin yeah. that Kazakhstan are are getting like 
inundated yeah. with, with with Russian immigrants? I'm just gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it this way for you, like in the context of the U.S. So think about Russia as the U.S. and Central Asia, where I'm from, is like the Mexico. Okay. Okay. So same, same like same mentalities. You know, so if Central Asians go to Russia, they're like, "Oh my God, why are you why are you all here? Why are you coming here? You come to my country when you know you you cause the turmoil." Excuse uh, me. so so Russians going to Kazakhstan is like when I see like a lot of undocumented white people go to Mexico and be like, "I'm just gonna party it over here while these things happen in my yeah, country." So I'm just gonna drive up the rental prices and like and then tell people what to do and act like, you know, like like I belong. Yeah. You see, you see these these white supremacy stories just repeat themselves over and over again. Yeah, and it's just colon colonialism, like an imperialism, and it's just it's 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 really interesting because in Mexico, right? There's like what two million uh, undocumented Americans that live there. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, about two million. Yeah, yeah. In like, uh, I forget which region is. People have always pointed out, like, that's actually my hometown. Rent's gone up because all these undocumented white people here. Yeah, and it's always, it's always, it's always a very similar story. Um, and yeah, it's a similar, it's a very similar story, and it's, it's the same. It's like it's, it's the same situation, you know, with Europe and North Africa. You know, wow. the kind of the the turmoil turmoil starts because because of those countries, and then people leave because because of that and then yeah. they get uh you know there's like a lot of stereotypes about them like oh you come to my country and you're taking over but it's all the same story yeah right? no and that's what's yeah. crazy about hearing you know what's happening in Kazakhstan. i'm like wow that literally is what happened between mexico and the united states right. yeah, it's like exactly it's this imperial imperialism thing rolls through and through through and through yep oh my gosh uh did you go to college i hear everything right um yeah because you yes. stayed out here what did you go to school for engineering engineering yes. what are you up to now uh i have i have my own business and obviously i'm a content creator um which has nothing to do with what i went to school for um but that's why i thought i thought you were like a comedic actress that's what i thought because because <laughs> you do these great sketches like the the you know the, the one that that i that i was like oh i gotta talk to you know so yeah. it was the going through tsa and doing the whole yeah, i mean yeah a lot was of that based on like an actual experience yeah a lot of a lot of my skits are based on actual life which 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 always makes for great comedy, right? It's all mm -hmm. about you know, it's all about storytelling. You and yeah. I'm sure you know that. Yeah, it's all it's all from real life, and it's like I can't, I can't I can't make it up because and that's those are the videos that uh, became pretty popular on my page because a lot of people were like, "Yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I was going through." Yeah, that's exactly what I was going through. Yeah, no matter your passport, like you you can you can be you, you can you can have an American passport, you know, but you're wearing a hat scarf, you're probably gonna get randomly selected. Yeah, that was that was, was great. Yeah, just I mean, yeah, you do the whole costume change and everything. I'm like, man, she is going in. <laughs> you get into right? character. Yeah, you have like an actual TSA costume, and I'm like, what the heck? I gotta put it more more into my production. <laughs> I do have a resting bitch face. It really comes in handy. <laughs> well, yeah, with the TSA agent, it's just like, oh, that, that she's me mugging herself. Well, yeah, great. Uh, but when yeah, you did go just go back home soon recently to Kashtan? Yeah, the last time I went was. 2019 it was pre-pandemic i did well, want to go back but then like with war and with COVID, i was like yeah, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna wait it out wow you went like during the the, the trump administration that, that yeah that's scary yeah that was yeah. you know that hit every single year trump was in office felt like dog years like every mm -hmm. year was like seven years yeah <laughs> I, I i had the ability to travel while he was in in office but i was like i'm not gonna where'd I'm you go gonna, 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I was like, I'm not gonna. No, I was like, I'm not gonna even risk this. Like, I'm too afraid. Like, I was just petrified during this whole administration, which is kind of like it's kind of funny. I actually started doing all my TikToks like during the pandemic, like after he lost, because I was like, oh, I, I feel a little, a little, a little safer. But little, now, yeah. now the fact that it's almost like coming back, I'm like, what did I do? Like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I thought we were over this. <laughs> you need, and you know, so um, I. Obviously, we're talking about the labyrinth, right? So I was supposed to get my citizenship in um, 2020. Okay. And when you when you do receive your naturalization paperwork, there's always a message from the president. And there's like a little bit that they have the signature. So it was supposed to be Trump. Yeah. But because of the pandemic, it was delayed for 16 months. Okay. And then it was Biden. So oh. I was like... I got the late, but thank God it's a Biden letter, not a Trump letter. <laughs> Trump letter would be like, "You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome you're for being in the greatest country in the world." Country, I did this personally. I did this personally for you. I, I walked you through everything. I walked through everything. Yeah, interesting. And then I, and then you know, I maybe differently but i did have anxiety when he was in the office it was just a, the immigration laws were changing just constantly with these executive yeah. orders nobody was paying attention of course besides the immigrants yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah that was uh during during his administration was when i went to a lawyer and i thought i was finally at the final step maybe trying to become a u.s citizen and asked me these you know the typical questions you know have you ever lied about being a u.s citizen before and previously up to that like i had always lied about the lie you know i was like no i never did that and and uh you know but i've I got a new code of ethics and morals stupid freaking I, I hated it so when you know when she asked me like you know have you ever lied i went yeah and she was like wow but you already have these papers and you told them no before so under the new trump administration they've really like updated the computer so they'll have all these things on file they're really like making this a very hard process and i didn't understand the woman was like you you should have done this under the last administration it would have been a lot easier and now it's like, yeah, because Biden came in office, people think it's going to be all gravy. He hasn't really, he hasn't changed shit. You know what I mean? And that's why it's like, you know, most lawyers are like, you're screwed, man. The next two years, you're just like, we don't know what's going to happen because you lied before and now they know. And it's like, I'm, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's another thing where I'm like, I didn't realize how much he had changed and how yeah. much people's fears of the immigration system had changed, even if he's gone now. It's still like the same, you know, we, we're all still petrified, like he's still there. He's still there. He's, he's still, still there. there. He's, he's still, still there. there. Yeah. He hasn't, yeah, what I'm talking about, he's still there. <laughs> he, I don't, like, I don't, and I, like, I would love to know what is it, how does he have so much power over the Republican Party? Like, I wanna, like, I cannot understand it. I can't understand how he has so much power over all these people. Why are they so afraid of him? I, what is I know, let's theorize. Let's theorize here, because because my thing is, I yeah. honestly think that the reason why these Republicans follow him is because a lot of people, just like okay, like you know all these conspiracy theories that they have and stuff like that. People mm -hmm. just want to like feel like somebody's in control, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and Trump plays that part like I'm in control so well that it, it puts these. I'm sorry, just these people come up kind of at ease to the point that they're willing to submit to him. You know, like he makes it very easy. Hillary's the villain. Biden is the villain. I'm the superhero. What else do you need? Yeah. And people are just like, I'll follow that. You know, immigrants are the bad people. We're the good people. We're the okay, good that's easy. You know, like it's just yeah. it's easy in their mind to follow this this logic. I know. I like for example with Ted Cruz. Like I, I just think he has something on him. Like with that man, like he just has something on him. Something that Ted Cruz has done, and Trump <laughs> is like, I'm gonna. <laughs> 
you don't <laughs> you think he's just like exploiting everybody yeah and like i'm like there's there's no there's it's just like with ted cruz i'm like this like i don't like i don't understand i don't understand why do you why do you support him still power these power. people know people know if you follow him and you kiss the ring you get power they, these people i mean I, you know, the the analogy has been made a thousand times, but this is slowly turning to like, you know, Nazi Germany, just people follow falling in line to this failed dictator who, you know, who tried a coup and failed and he's going to come back. Yeah. And you then, know? Che, like, how do you feel? How do you feel about the Democratic Party? How have you been feeling throughout your adult life? I'm not sure how old you are, but like throughout 34. your adult life. 34. Yeah. Okay. And so isn't. And as a documented person, like I've said, like I've had to be on the sideline just watching, you know, seeing which way America votes. And and like it's it's so as somebody who knows history, it's so hard to be like, you know, I saw the transformation of the Republic and the Democratic Party, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I know that Democratic Party, you know, I know the history of it. So to say like they're, you know, hey, they could be doing more. They've always been a shit party. OK, literally the party of Clinton that changed the laws in 96. So I cannot become a citizen now and that's the reason why it's supporting me so it's hard to look at a party that literally the laws they created in 96 are hurting me today because because the lying about the citizenship that was bill clinton right? that was bill clinton that before 96 that was just a misdemeanor that's why the law is if you lied about being a u.s citizen before 1996 you're all good and i'm like well i did in 2004 because i wanted to work at a toys r us sorry you know what i mean sorry that i wanted to work file? huh is it on file it's a, I file a bunch of taxes and stuff like that, you know, and, and I've gone through a lot of the system mm -hmm. lying, you know, because when uh, have you seen uh, the movie Flea? No, it's a documentary about uh, I think it, yeah, I think it's Pakistan and the, the kid actually had to go to Russia when the Soviet Union collapsed. Oh. So in it, he is uh, telling the story to a best friend of his. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, halfway through this, the movie, he tells his friend, yeah, my family's still in Russia. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. You told me your family was dead. And it wasn't until that moment that he had been he had been he had grossly exaggerated his asylum seeking uh, petition, said that his parents were killed, you know, yeah. because his real story to him wasn't horrible enough, you know, that uh -huh. he had to, like, lie more to be approved for asylum. That's how sick. The, yeah, the process true. is that even though you're going through atrocities, you have to tell them you have to cry at immigration just for a lawyer to fucking believe you. Yeah. You know, so the kid talks about in the movie that he was just so used to lying that becoming a pathological liar just become a part of survival, you know, and that's what it was being undocumented for so long. That's why I have this new code of ethics, because I was such a pathological liar that yeah. I, I just couldn't keep keep it straight. And one day I like I fucking broke and I just like I was like, I don't I can't lie anymore. I don't I'm done lying about my undocumented status, which was I feel like we're, that's where it all started, you know, and then from there it just yeah. became easier to lie about everything. Yeah, you know? so that's why when finally I was at the finish line and the woman's like this question I broke. Down, I was like, I've always lied. I've lied through the whole process. I'm so sorry. I fucking, I don't, I'm tired of lying. It's like, like we, from Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. I can't exactly, lie. I cannot lie anymore. <laughs> I did it all. <laughs> and she's like, we can take it all away from you. I'm like, do it, take it all. I don't care. I'm tired of lying. Why the fuck angels gave it to me? I'm a good person. The pen is blue. The pen is blue. The pen is blue. That's exactly what happened at that meeting. I was like, the pen is blue. The pen is blue. Wait, but how how are you how were you able to get to citizenship? Uh, I was married and I got a green okay. card through that. But, you know, uh, through that process, like I said, like I lied and they they found out that I, you know, 
I do this. And I was at the finish line. So the problem was that if I had just said, no, I never lied or whatever, maybe I would have been okay and I would have gone through. But now that you're telling the truth, lawyers are like, you know, it's become these things where lawyers are like your friends if you're saying the right things. But then once you become too honest, they become like, well, we can't help you. You know what I mean? It's like you almost have to beg them to help you. And, yeah. and some of them are like, well, you can go through with it, but there's a chance you could get deported because now you're being honest. And now you're telling them that you got these papers on the fall. You know what I mean? I shouldn't even be talking about this because I'm basically exposing myself because I'm like, I'm tired of it. You know, I got two years left. And after that, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to me, uh, you know, so I'm just I'm, I borrow time. That's why I tell people you got me for a limited time offer. What, what do you mean? Time is what, 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 wait, what happens after two years? Uh, I, maybe I could renew my status time. because, okay. you know, I can't become a citizen, so I can't go for that process. But if I renew my status, you know, I don't know if they're going to, you know, be like, you know, well, now we know this stuff. I don't know where I'm at. That's yeah, why it's so confusing. And I don't want to yeah. keep every time you pay a lawyer to find out more answers, just cost you more money. So you're like. Am I going to be okay? Am I not going to be okay? And they're all like, we don't know. Nobody knows. And then they always have to, you know, not specifically for your case, but in general, they always have to kind of like train you on how to speak, train you on what to say, train you on not, not really telling your full story. Exactly. And they, I'm, I'm a loose cannon right now, you know, because <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I fucking lied. Yeah, I did that shit. Now I hate the government. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, we're yeah. going to give it to you. You seem pretty you nonchalant about this. Yeah, good moral character there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's and that's the thing, too, that a lot of people don't realize, like when you speak to lawyers, they go, we don't know what's going to happen to you. Mm. So now I'm like, so what do I do? Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? USCIS doesn't know. No. And yeah, every every single agent has his own discretion. Every single judge has his own discretion. You know, it's and yeah. that's, I'm reading this book called Somewhere We Are Human. Uh, and, and in it, you know one of uh, an undocumented asylum lawyer was like talking about how he had to like train his uh, clients to relive the trauma to almost to put on a little show for these judge and these immigration officials, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes she, she was surprised at the fact that some of the clients would be retelling the story and never cry. But once they were in front of the judge, they would cry. It's like, no, they were saving the most traumatic moment for when they needed it the most. Yeah. And that broke my heart. Like that's so heartbreaking, isn't it? Like it so, so that's why, like every time I go to these lawyers, I have to like tell my story and beg them and be like, "Would you help me? Or are you brave enough? And how much would it cost me?" And I'm just like tired of it. I'm just like tired of it. I know. I totally understand. It's like you're tired, and then you have this anxiety, and also nobody knows. Immigration laws change all the time. Yeah. Country. Mm -hmm. There's reform all the time. There's talk about reform. Yeah. They've been talking about it for so long. And everyone on either side promises promises things to immigrants. Yeah. And then it's never on a priority list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, never. Yeah. Never. And yeah. that's like I've only had status for like, you know, for the last four years, you know, and it's already coming to an end. So I'm like, well, that was short lived. You know, that's why I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm still like in this. I've never left the country because I'm too afraid of yeah. not being able, able to get back in. And so people are like, you could travel. I'm like, I know I could, but I'm not going anywhere. I just I'm glad that I can drive and. And get a job, you know, that's where I'm at. That's how driver's little Yeah. Huh? And have a driver's license and everything. Yeah. And I and I, I was I was I was the only member of my family when my grandmother died, uh, who had uh because you know the she lives in Florida, so a lot of us were are scattered around the country. So when she died that last April, I was one of the only people who could actually fly down and see her who was not already in Florida. Like a lot of family members had to watch her pass through FaceTime. And that was one of the few times like, thank God I still had the status for this time being. Thank God that I was able yeah. to get on a plane without fear that, uh, you know, 
or I didn't have to take a Greyhound bus and, you know, not be there. Not be there. Yeah. You know, you had to do this your entire adult life. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah, that's yeah, that's what's scary and where I'm at, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't like relive your no, 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 which is it's kind of cool because you know, you know what's crazy? Like, and I'll talk to you about this, you know, like I do, you know, I have a TikTok mind documented ass and everything, and it feels like almost like I've had to read a lot of books, be like, no, no, you you are, you know, it's okay to call yourself undocumented. You've had you you've had that experience your whole life. You still have the you know the chance that you're gonna lose your status again, you know, just because in this brief moment you're you're okay doesn't mean you're not living through this trauma. And you're not living through this. Fear. So I, sometimes I'm just like, I'm so scared. Like, I don't want people to think I'm a fake. I'm like, I'm, I'm really, I'm going through this, you know, and I'm scared. Of- no, it is. It is. It's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not so much about, you know, the status, what your paperwork says, but it's a whole life experience. And your, your, your whole life experience revolves around immigration laws of this country. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's how it is. And that's, yeah. that's, that's how it is for all immigrants. Yeah. Everything that they do. Right, every decision that they make, they constantly have to think about USCIS. Like, I don't know how these people sleep at night. Like, people <laughs> think about them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you you apply for a job. Like, even now, I was telling you earlier, I had an interview, right? And I just feel bad for even like, let's say, international students that are graduating right now. It's just every application is asking, "Are you authorized to work? Are you in the future going going to need sponsorship?" You know, when I was graduating college, that wasn't the case. Like, not, not everyone was asking. Not everyone was really aware. Yeah. But now it's like it's a deterrent almost. They're gonna tell you it's not. Yeah. But why would they? You know, they would rather hire someone with documents, right? Rather than yeah. sponsor someone. Sponsor someone, yeah, because a whole different yeah. process. You're right. They, they, yeah, you're right. They, it's, it is that thing. Like, do you have a criminal background? Like, we'll still hire you. Like, no, you won't. Yeah. No, you won't. No. You don't want to go through that headache. Wow, this is. A, do you have a criminal background? This is our version of that. Yeah, it's like. I, like in the future, like yes, in the future, I would want to stay here. Like, is that gonna work against me? Just yeah. because I want to stay in this country, just because I don't want to go back to whatever I don't want to go back to, right? Yeah. And it's in every single decision that an immig- immigrant makes here, whatever status is, is like, well, can I travel? I can't travel. Uh, I need to plan my trips. I need to plan my for my job. Where am I going to apply to? Like, I need to build my credit score. But and all of these things that constantly revolves around immigration. So. Yeah, you can you can you are entitled to say whatever you want to say right about your life and who you are thank you yeah i'm still uh i'm still learning how to like you know not because i don't know something like, like i hate to say imposter syndrome but sometimes you feel like 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 you know like a fake like am i able to talk about this where am i in the community like so i i freak out a lot like you know yeah that's all personal. I, think, I think that's i think that's normal yeah. I think that's normal. All right, cool. That's, that's why trip. I tend to listen to the community too. Like, um, like I, 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 not to bring up anything, but like, when you know, you were like, uh, with the the under the desk news, the 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 thing that happened, yeah, with them, and you were like, how should uh someone respond? You know, and yes. I told you, like, you know, they should make a video, and and then and then mm-hmm. I had my own little controversy. So then yeah. I was like, well, I just told Dana how I would like to see someone respond. I can't be a hypocrite and not respond like that. You know, what I mean? so then I made the video exactly <laughs> how I told you. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it was like it felt good to like you know lead by example, yeah, like that. So that's that's just the kind of thing where like you know I'm I'm very, I listen to the community a lot, you know, and, and things that come at me. So that's why you know, luckily they they've been very kind to be like, no, you are amongst us, you know. So that's yeah. why I tend to I'm I'm not the kind of person even on TikTok to be like, ah, screw you guys, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm like, no, you know, how am I? How can it be of help? And that's by listening. Yes. And and this is what. I, I liked about your content that it stands out and you're paving your own way because <coughs> um, unfortunately, a lot of immigrants and people of color, especially immigrants that are especially people of color, right? 
they're constantly being used for political parties and for political different political aspirations. Um, and I don't really share I don't really share on my TikTok which party I you know believe in or mm-hmm. follow. But it bothers me that when people see me, they're like, oh, you're a woman, you're an immigrant, and you're Asian, so you're probably a Democrat. Yeah. No, it's like, no, like, I don't, not really. Like, I can, you know, we can all have our own opinions within different policies and within how how we view the world and how we view this country, right? And even within the Latin community, Hispanic community, I mean, you guys vote all <laughs> differently all across the country <laughs> yeah i i i'm i'm I, that i'm fascinated by you know just learning from because we are not a mon you know we're not a monolith you know no, not, not at all and, and and it's true from different countries that you come from like i can kind of see why some people like vote republican or some people vote democrat yeah. or whatever you know and it's it's you have to understand people's history you can't just call them like you know i know sometimes like oh, some people like brainwashed or whatever <laughs> the republican yeah. party but that's just too that's putting it too broad. These are smart people who have their reasons for voting like that. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not supporting that party at all. But when I have like family members who are, who have become Republicans after coming here, I'm like, yeah, I get it, man. You had an easy path, you know, you, you build a life for yourself and they're, you know, you are very religious and these things. So I can understand that, but I don't agree with the party, you know, like, so I can yeah. kind of see where they would align themselves. But yeah, we're not a monolith, you know, so that's that's the problem. That's the problem with, you know, immigrants. That people do think like like for me, like, you know, like, what do you think of it? You ask me what do I think of a Democratic Party. I'm like, man, I've just had to watch them and see which one's like, which one am I supposed to be more afraid of? And right now I'm terrified of the Republicans. <laughs> that's that's how I look at it. I'm like, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. You know, that, I'm afraid of. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my favorite authors who, who I've re- read their work recently, it's uh, James Baldwin, you know, mm-hmm. and he talks about, you know, a lot of Americans vote as like, we want change today. But he talks about black Americans know that we vote to buy time. That's all we're doing. They're voting to buy time. You know, w- w- yeah. w- you know, just which one's going to hurt us less. And hopefully we can buy more time until there's actually a good candidate down the road. Yeah. And at least, you know, and they always stay in fight. <laughs> what was that? They always stay and fight. They don't, they're not like, oh, this country is going to shit. I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, if this country, if they had, if they had sat out all those fights, this would have still been a slavery, fascist. Like, you know what I mean? If it hadn't been for for the for the black community and and the black people really standing up, this country would never have changed on their own. Never. But the black community, they stay and fight. Yeah. And then you know, it's interesting with the Roe v. Wade that immediately there's like a huge group of people that are like, we're just gonna leave. I'm like, how are you gonna leave? You just started to fight how are you gonna go you know that that yeah. was the, yeah and that was the thing that started all the little the drama that i had on 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 tiktok <laughs> with you know drama. under the desk and also drama i don't want to say drama but you know the, the discussion that i was like hey we should talk about this yeah. it was it was super shocking at seeing white america just freaking lose it over yeah. roe v wade what, something they've been hearing about for three months was coming down the pipeline and they couldn't fathom the fact that they were going to lose a right Mind you, Im- you're right. Immigrants had lost. Uh, when was I keeping track? Of? I had lost five oh, yeah. rights from freaking like from May to when that decision came out. Five rights uh, taken away from immigrants and not a peep from white America. But they knew about Roe v. Wade for three months. Three months, and then we we knew about the plan for fifty years. Fifty years. We knew the plan. They're very open about what they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. That's that is a thing about the so Republicans. They'll tell you. It was interesting to see. I was like, well, why are you surprised? Like, why are you like I understand you're upset? Being upset is very valid. Yeah. Very valid. But I don't understand why you're surprised. Yeah. So, yeah. And it hasn't been like like 
I mean, since the, it, it is, it is a lot of the times like on TikTok, what, what annoys me, it's performative. Do you know what I mean? Because all these people were outraged. And then I'm like, where's the movement in the street? I mean, you were at the Supreme Court for like a minute. You were there for like a minute while on your way to like Jamba Juice. That's what you did. You were like, hold up. Let's stop on our way to Jamba Juice to, to fight for our rights. And then we'll go home afterwards. Yeah. It wasn't like they're camping out. They're staying out there. Like, no. it's none of that. No. And then and then the Democratic parties they're singing. 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 Reading poems. Singing. Passing Juneteenth. Like, that's the one thing. Oh, we got a new holiday that gives white people a day off. They got a three-day weekend this year. Like, that just seemed like the most, like, like you know what I mean? Like, damn, yeah. yo, the second year of Juneteenth, white people get a four-day weekend. How? I don't know. How do they win? They always win. They always win. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, yeah, that was, that was very, very, uh, this, it's just terrible. Uh, I wanted to ask you, too, like, uh, you know, just a little bit of your history, because mm -hmm. I know, you know, Kashtan, Korean and American. How did your parents meet? Do you mind? Can you talk about that a little bit mm -hmm. and a little bit of that yeah. history? Not, not, you know, not the drama, just the, the, <laughs> uh, the free drama. Uh, so, well, it, it's also an interesting question. I did talk, I did talk about it earlier in my, you know, TikTok content. So when I do tell people that I'm Korean, um, Koreans in Central Asia and post and, you know, Soviet Soviet Union, they were there for generations. Mm. Um, so originally, there were a lot of Koreans that had fled Korea during the Korean-Japanese War, and that was at the end of 19th century, like 1850s. And this is before it became North and South. It was still one was, unified before, Korea. Before it split, when it was just it was just Korea. Um, so a lot of them fled to uh, Far East Russia because it was you know it was close. And then when Soviet Union came about. Um, I don't, and I'm sure you've heard about it. During the Soviet Union, there was a lot of deportations, a lot of uh, eth uh, ethnic minorities. They were moved from one end to another. They were either sent to Siberia or they were sent to Central Asia. I know. Um, I did not oh. know about this. I thought. I'll be real with you. I thought the Soviets, for all their thing, was a little more kumbaya towards, you know, <laughs> like let's let's all be together, not let's deport people here. Yeah, well, that's that. That was that, that's actually interesting because they talk about it as well. That 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 was such a, and it was an amazing marketing scheme that a lot of us uh, have you know lived through. That we are all this brotherhood and union, which we are. The people, the people are close. But when the Soviet Union came about, I'm gonna and I'm gonna give you an example of Crimea, right? Because it's been on the news, you know, a lot. Okay. You know, Crimea was annexed by uh, by Russia. From Ukraine, and I think it was Stalin had Stalin had the foresight for this. So what he did, there was uh, people that were indigenous to the to Crimea. They were Tatars. My father is half Tatar, for example. Okay. So what he did at the time, he um, deported a huge, huge amount of people, indigenous Tatars, from Crimea to either territory of Russia or to Central Asia or Siberia. Okay. And then what he did, he put Russians there. Oh wow! And that—that's that—and that's how territories are gained, right? You put a lot of your a lot of people that you need, and you take away people that you don't need, right. and then you take the territory eventually in the future. So, so I, wow! So Crimea was never like filled with these Russians. It had its no. own indigenous people. It was indigenous Tatars, which were you know Turkic people. Um. So wow. Yeah. And no then idea. I made a video about it, and then people started correcting me. They were like, "Oh no, they're you cannot call them indigenous." I'm like, "Well, okay, native indigenous, you can call it however you want." The 
but the the thing is this the, the originals i don't know what, what do you want me to use man stop coming down i hate when people come down with you on that one fucking word you're like oh my god actually shut up <laughs> exactly. asshole so during the soviet union there was a lot of deportations of ethnic different ethnic minorities um so koreans were the first ones to be deported they kind of started this whole thing okay. that's how it, it was started from koreans so um so they lived in far east um and they didn't have paperwork um they wanted to be like an autonomous republic an autonomous kind of um community right um and they asked for that because a lot of the um the jews that lived on the territory of russia they already got their autonomy so they're like oh hey like we want it as well right um stalin was like no <laughs> we're not gonna do that so then with the japanese kind of threat what they what they have done is then they said well because of your nationality you are a threat to national security um because you know you could be japanese you know koreans japanese to them it was similar so they had deported a very large number of koreans from far east russia to central asia and i'm just telling you that it's it's a very huge trip so people were just basically, they came to their villages, put them in trucks, put them in trains, and about 100,000 like 100, of Koreans were deported to Central Asia, which today is Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. Uh, obviously, a lot of people on the way have perished. Um, once they, they were deported to Central Asia, um, it was brand new land for them, brand new climate. Um, and in Far East Russia, Koreans were mostly agrarians, like they were farming you know they were you know they lived within the community so you know you move you move these people to brand new land they don't know how to farm it produce is different right so people that were native to central asia they actually helped helped out a lot of koreans yeah. and a lot of other ethnic minorities that were deported to central asia it was it was like a thing in soviet union to deport people to either central asia or siberia so native people you always helped out um so the natives like kazakhs they helped out koreans to kind of establish they taught them how to farm you know what the climate is like how you survive and and eventually you know they, they became a very much loved much loved community in kazakhstan like you know korean food is now a huge part of any celebration like we wow. have yeah and um they, but they were still unable to get their passports right uh, they were only to get their passports after stalin died a few years after okay and after that they were actually able to move around soviet union get education a lot of them went on to go to universities because they weren't able to right uh, and they became a very educated um very educated community in the soviet union and it's and it's a very similar story with a lot of people like armenians chechens uh you know, tatars like there's a lot of ethnic minorities that have been moved around and deported and because there were a lot of concentration camps in central asia that they had established um and that's that's a very similar story and people kind of a lot of these ethnic minorities very get, get along very well and understand each other, you know, each other's pain. Yeah. And actually, you know, if you talk to a lot of people that, you know, are from the Soviet Union, they'll tell you, oh, this, my grandfather was in the concentration camp or my, my grandfather was deported. It's, it was so like, there was millions and millions of people that were affected. That is just a normal part of any family's story. Do you have any literature I can, I can, cause this is, <laughs> This, you literally just, I feel like you just told me about another half of the world. Like, I mean, you are from another half of the world I literally know nothing about. But just the fact that under the entire Soviet umbrella, there was mass deportations of minority groups like that. The fact that there's an entire Korean community that that lives with still within the Russian 
yeah. you know, federation. Is the Russian Federation? Is that what, what, Russian what Federation, yeah. Yeah, and, under and the Russian Federation, that's still very vibrant. I mean, you know, gosh, it's part of the, you know, fabric yes. of, of that country. So I, I'm shocked by it. Yeah, it's and it's inter- it's interesting. Like my my mother, she's third generation Korean, um, so they obviously met in Central Asia. Like she's lived there. She's you know she's they they all speak Russian. My mother has a Russian name. She has a Rus- Russianized Korean last name. Russianized. Yeah. So they Russianized a lot of them. They all have Russian names. Obviously, yeah. that's what happens, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. And when you know when the Soviet Union came about, um, there were a lot of people in the West in the US and in Europe that supported this idea of communism, right? It was yeah. it was a call to revolution. It yeah. was very interesting to a lot of the Europeans. They're like, well, you know, we don't want to live in the free market. Capitalism is that the devil. But because of how Soviet Union was, it was kept very hush-hush. It was very secretive. A lot of people around the world didn't know about this, that there was like this, there were gulags. Yeah. There was a whole network of concentration camps. And then when like this actually became... You know, public knowledge. Everyone was like, "Oh, maybe it's not that great." Yeah. And I'll, def- I'll definitely share literature with you about it. The, the the thing is that it's still not that available. That's what's was- breaking my heart right now because I am just like, no, yeah. Where do I find more information on this? Because this is lost. This is, you know, lost, lost stories. And uh, it's a lot of stories that have been told by people that are recorded by people. But um, right right now, um, this year, there was an archive in the Russian Federation that kept a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of this documentation about the gulags, about concentration camps and deportations. And then Russian Federation uh, kind of, uh, they removed they removed their organization. They okay. removed the right to keep those archives because they want to remove the archives. Oh. Yeah. So now even more of that is going to be lost. More of that is going to be lost. So, you know, I always tell people, if you have any books, like if you have anything, any stories about it, like definitely record it. Like if you have any family members that, want to talk about it like definitely find it find it out and thankfully with social media and youtube and a lot of it a lot of it is being released but yeah at least in english yeah you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you're, you're the you're the oh god you're the perfect example of why people and especially myself need to be a lot more aware of the difference between nationality ethnicity race you know what i mean yeah. because they they intersect so much and you know you're yeah. the perfect example of that yeah. And then because, you know, when I came to the U.S., like I don't really have that much in common with like Chinese Americans or even. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's see, that's the heartbreak of it, because, you know, you, I look at you and I think, oh, you know, she must have the traditional, yeah. you know, coming to America from Korea. You're like, hold on, buddy. It is a different fabric. <laughs> yes. I have more in common with the Russians here and Ukrainians culturally yeah we speak we speak russian like we speak the same language but then also you know races you know race in america is how people perceive you how people yeah. treat you, right yeah. so i i do want to be i i do think that i'm an asian american regardless i'm not russian right yeah but i within that community I, I it's hard to find anything in common and and hard to find anything in common with the south koreans and the korean americans because that's completely different yeah completely different Oh gosh! Yeah. So I was wow. like, you know what? I'm just gonna make my own culture. You, you know? do, yeah. My friend, my my good friend Alyssa calls it the third culture. You know, you're you're just a third yeah. culture, third culture. You're making up your own, you know, and find people within the community that share that third culture. Yeah, you awesome. are very specific. Yeah, very specific. You gotta write a book. <sighs> one day. One day. No, I would I would read the hell out of your book with that really? history and that knowledge. Of all that kind of Soviet, you know, uh, you know, deportation, that kind of 
history that you don't hear about, I would read the hell out of that book. Oh, that's great. But you know, so, yeah. said, like, um, and you've seen a lot of my content, like I did talk about the history of the US and the Soviet Union. Yeah. The two go really hand in hand because a lot of the progress um, that has been advancements that have been made in the US and the Soviet Union was because they just want to spite each other. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get to the moon. No, you can't. No, you can't. Oh, oh, you went to space, bitch. I'm going to the moon. And then they're like, well, I'm like, oh, you have women engineers. Shit. Okay, right. We have to put a lot of money into STEM here. Yeah. Like a lot of the technological advancements when they were putting money into STEM was because the Soviet Union was doing it. Like, yeah. We can't let the Soviet Union fucking do it if yeah. they're doing it, you know? And you know, and you know they like to talk about their advances, but I'm like you just you guys were in pissing contests, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, true. it's like the Russians were doing it first. Like we should do better than that. Like, well, come up with your own fucking idea. No, no, no. We're just gonna do better than that. Yes, that's why it's like, uh, it's you know history. You know, if you learn the U.S. history, it's really good to also know what was going on in the Soviet Union. You know what what they were thinking, because for example, when we were when I was in school. Because I got the education, you know, the Soviet education, Russian education, like we, they were very straightforward about, you know, slavery in the U.S. and what oh, it wow. was, what it was, you know, how it was. And then I came here and then like a lot of people are denying that. I'm like, how are you, how are you, like, how are you denying that? This is history. And then it's because the Soviet Union was like, you, you see what they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got the unfiltered version. Look at these motherfuckers. You see so what watching they had wooden teeth, they were slave teeth, and you're like, Yeah, I'm like, we, were, like, we would never do this to people. And then, and like, racism wasn't really a thing in Soviet Union, it was more classism. Hmm. Like, you see, you see, you see what they're doing, you see, they have slaves, and then not in communism, we don't have that, we don't hmm. have that. So, that that part of history was, you know, was taught to us very straightforwardly, and that yeah. is because of the hatred towards the US, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> You yeah, story because we hated them. Oh my god, it was like a parent when you go over after they get divorced. Like, yeah. let me tell you what your father fucking did back in the 60s. He had like he all nice, but I'll tell you. It's just like, oh god. Mom. Yeah. And then you know, Soviet Union, they had great universities, they had great education, yeah. and then they um they had a lot of students from Africa that would come there because oh, wow. like, we don't want to go to the US, it's a little too dangerous for us there, so we'll just go to the Soviet Union. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. so much history of that place. I didn't uh we're about to come up to like the the ending of this episode i've had a great time talking about it. Yeah, I just too, talk great. so long um before we go anything that you any work or anything you want to share with people that they can look up or where they can find you or anything yeah definitely find me on tiktok uh and i talk a lot about this on tiktok uh it's d-a-n-a underscore u-t-m-b and also like i also you know you have two immigrants here on your podcast i really appreciate you inviting me um you know i've been I've been a fan of your content and work. I really like what you're doing. And just realize that, you know, here we are, we're different, but you know, we we have different stories, but we're both under the umbrella of immigration in the US. And it's a very broad experience, you know? Um, yeah. And everyone has a different story. And that's that's what, you know, what we wanna bring humanity to it. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna just be uh, putting out more content. So definitely check it out. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for inviting me. It was oh, great it was to see you. It was great. And I'll be looking out for your book in the next five to six yeah. years. I'm putting I'm putting a time limit on it, six years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Project management. Okay. Six years. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you. We'll stay in touch and I'll tell, uh, we'll put all your links and everything so people can find awesome. you. Trust me, you're going to love, love her comedy. It's very, very funny. Okay. <laughs> Take Thank care. You. It was great talking to you. Great talking to you. Bye. Bye.
This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.